This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouse This Out podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer in the Palatial 6-8 in the Fan Studios on a Friday with Eric Quintana, Josh Bagnanski. Mm-hmm. Sir. You can tell how cool we are and how oh, we yeah. totally have lives. Nothing and, else going on on a Friday night. Yeah. Just us in a studio by ourselves. <laughs> We're committed to our craft, I think, is, is really what the listeners should take from this. Not on hot dates? Uh, no. Not out nope. with friends drinking? Nope. Nope. Not at a, a party? No, we are here. Nothing. We are here, and uh, we do this for y'all. We do. This I do for have a people. bit of good news, though. Hmm. I paid off my car yesterday. Nice. What? Well, how? So, how? Uh, how long a process was that? Uh, I just hit the button, and that was it. Well, oh no, I thought to, but, to but pay you, it off. But what, no, I'm just saying payment wise. Were you paying oh, no. it off over so, a long period of time? So it, like, was a, it was like a whole seven year thing because I'm oh, a, okay. I'm, a, I'm a big dummy. And uh, <laughs> yes, congrats. So, so the last six months, I had. It was a enough to where it wasn't going to drown me, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pay it all off right now. Nice. Feels good. I would love to hear from the listeners, because I had a buddy who got stuck in that same situation, and his car broke down like three years in, of course, and then basically he just took the credit hit. Yeah. So listeners, I'd just be interested to hear, tweet us at MOTS Podcast, what, it, what, what is a... Give me the ultimate nightmare experience where you weren't able to get your payments paid off or something like that. No judgments here. Just something where you had to abandon your car altogether, uh, whether, it, you know, not not something obvious, like get it totaled or anything like so, that, but just n- car nightmares. I love it. I do have a bit of a story. Uh, like maybe three years ago, and maybe not even that long, but it was somewhere around the ballpark of three years ago, I threw out there on Twitter asking someone if they wanted to switch my Honda Civic for a Jeep Wrangler because I've wanted a Jeep Wrangler for a long time, an older model. Yeah, I not, imagine not, you not, in, not a, in, a, in an not, SUV. Not the new ones. Okay. I'm not a fan. Yeah, the okay. new ones are minivan engines. and You're right. Yeah. yeah, the old ones were better. I want the i6. Yeah. Right, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I actually got a hit in my DMs saying, yeah, my girlfriend's interested. Not my girlfriend, the, the girlfriend of the person that, that no. had the Jeep <laughs> Wrangler. Oh, uh, sorry, whatever. The girlfriend had the Jeep Wrangler. She had the Jeep and she wanted so to So at the time, I still owed too much money. Otherwise, I probably would have swapped with her right then and there. We would have done the necessary paperwork. Yeah. Done. You could have just not so, said anything. <laughs> so, if anyone has a Jeep Wrangler they want to swap me for, got a Honda but Civic. But old school, not, not these 2000, curved out. 2011, 137,000 miles on it. It's like brand new. I mean, a Civic will run forever, Come man. On. Come on. I've got a- You I've, know what? If the same people that offered me that deal want to yeah. uh, kind of see where we're at now- I'm 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 in a position now Civic's where I can. a good car. When did, just when did swap. Jeep and just in general these SUVs got way more curvy, like like more curved? Hate, out. You're I right. Hate, it looks more much more soccer mom now than, I hate than it the, used to. I hate the 2019 versions, and I also hate the the trucks. Yeah, you could have yeah. done so much better than the truck. Yeah, you could have honestly just just re-released the the I think it's the the Comanche. No, the uh, I think it's the Comanche Commando. Mm. No, mm. I think it's the Comanche. Mm-hmm. I believe. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. But it was a Jeep truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and I test drove one because I thought about buying one just to have it. Now that I think about it, I don't know what I would have done with it. But it was a fun little uh, fun little truck. You know those like, tiny little Toyota trucks? Yeah, yeah. no, I know. Like one of those, just it's, Jeep. It's interesting how big cars have tilted towards the family kind awesome. of thing instead of the manly men uh, 
I also uh, at one time wanted a Jeep Wagoneer. Oh, we're going back. Which, yeah. Anyways. Oh, wow. Again, I throw it out there. If anyone has a Jeep Wrangler they want to hook me up with, swap you on a Eric, you do, Eric needs go. Eric needs a he need he needs a big Jeep. He's a big strong Let's guy. Do it. Let's do it. By you the know, way, Honda Civic doesn't really suit my personality very well. Mm-hmm. Jeep Wrangler, I feel like it would do the trick. Speaking of how strong you are, Eric, um we were discussing this the Dirty South Soccer writers. I thought it was a great conversation about who could beat up the most Atlanta United players that I don't for Dirty know South how Soccer. my name got it thrown into this. First of all, <laughs> and I'm just calling him out. Sam Jones said he could take Eric Rometty. No. Get out. No. That is the most ridiculous thing. Like, you've seen Sam Jones. You know he's not right. anything special in terms look, of strength. Muscular. Mu- 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 muscularity. Yeah. Is that a word? Well, I think you can Whatever. go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Swoleness. You know, they, Swoleness. His, his claim was that, you know, Rometty's not a big guy. But I'm like, just you look at the way that guy can play. But anyways, I said Eric Quintana. Sam Jones got that scrawny chicken Hands down, Eric Quintana. Could Don't take, skip could take, could take Exactly. When you hear that, you know. Eric, hands down, of anyone at Dirty South Soccer, I challenge anybody to name a writer that could take more players on Atlanta United than Eric. It's I not feel, a lot of players, but I, I feel can, some yeah. kind of charity event happening where, where, you where fight I do Atlanta fight United Atlanta United players. players. Well, I, feel, I feel like that's a thing. Right. A like classic hashtag, blame Eric, when you literally injure one of our players <laughs> in a fight. Brought to you by Dirty South yeah, Soccer. It couldn't be any. <laughs> the yeah. end of yeah. half Atlanta United players' That would players be the careers. end of our, of our our medium for sure. All right. Sure. Uh, at least one Atlanta United player, his career comes to an end, and that is Michael Parker. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with the, with the retirement of... The captain. Uh, Michael Parker is playing his last regular season match uh, last uh, Sunday uh, against the New England Revolution, a 3-1 win for him, or for, for Atlanta. Good tribute from Joseph Martinez, I thought. I thought it was, it was fantastic, wonderful, fun. Yeah. Uh, good to see that he got a, a, a few minutes in there. Almost saw him uh, try to do some things there on that right side. I thought for a moment maybe he might have something, might have something special in him. Yeah, maybe go out uh, with a bang in his last match. You saw that the Revolution gave him a a frame jersey. You saw Atlanta United do the same thing. Um, you saw him rave about the Atlanta United fans, and so you know you 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 you've got a guy in Michael Parkhurst who who started this thing in Atlanta, who gave you two fantastic years. Third one was it was kind of like the the it, it, you know in any athlete there's a year. Typically, the last year where you know you're, mm-hmm. I don't want to say relegated because that's not doing it. That's not that's that seems like a a bad way of saying what what Michael bad way of explaining what Michael Parkhurst meant to the team, especially since it's in yeah. its inception. You know, you got a guy in Michael Parkhurst that that was a great um, ambassador to what soccer in Atlanta can be, to what it is, um, and to. I mean, him lifting the the, the cup is going to be a memory that Absolutely. that we all kind of yeah, share. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from last year, it, it's it's he's going to be missed. He's going to be you know. But again, this last year, it's yeah. really been a down no, year for I, him. And but I think it's, that it's, it's a natural course of of, uh, of an athlete's life. Maybe played into his decision making a little yeah, bit, just absolutely. as you know. And obviously, you know, you just talked about his his leadership and and what a classy player he is. He didn't make any fuss about it. And I think he kind of realized, as a lot of athletes don't. That the writing is on the wall, and and uh, probably picked the right time to retire. I mean, the reason he's not getting in, Eric, is youth. Miles Robinson has you know in, in, inserted himself into the lineup, and then he's found himself you know behind Pierre as Robinson, Escobar, Pogba at times. Um, so 
I personally think Parkey still has a role to play in the postseason. I think we're going to see him play an important role, whether it be him coming off the bench to kind of solidify the back four like we saw against New England, or maybe he does end up starting at some point when you talk about, you know, Flo Pogba has not been in the best of form recently. Do you move Franco Escobar to the right side? Yeah. And that would open up a, a center back spot if you're playing that 3-4-3 or whatever we want to call it. So I think he still has a role to play. And I... Th- this is an interesting topic. I mean, I hadn't thought about this before. Tito Football had a great article on Dirty South Soccer, and I had never even entertained this before, but Michael Parker is clearly one of the best MLS defenders of all time. I mean, when you go through his career, when you think about the fact that he did go to Europe and have some success, played in a, Euro- a Europa League, um, has played uh, multi- has played at right back, has played at center back, um, you know, so he's represented the league well in Europe, and obviously he's been hugely successful uh, stateside as well. So I think you're looking at one of the best center backs in MLS, and we got to see why. Maybe not so much this year, but certainly over the last couple of seasons. Is it five MLS Cup finals, including the one he won with Atlanta United? I think he lost five. I could be wrong. Don't quote, but I think I he f- lost. Maybe it was four he lost, and then finally won I think the one the with Atlanta. I the fifth one was the one that he okay. won. Okay, you're, you're right. Okay. He's hoping to add one more uh, yeah. after this season. Hoping to go out uh, at least as a player with a bang. I wonder what he does. I mean, I know every athlete after they retire, they immediately just go to the you know I'm just gonna go home and be a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if we do see him uh, coaching or, or or in a front office at some point uh, because he was he is a he was a fantastic captain. Yeah, he was able to organize Atlanta United in a way that I think that without him, um, it would have been a different sort of a scenario for for Tata Martino. Um, Maybe not drastically different, but it would have been it would have been a different situation where. No, I think it would have been drastically different. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you talk about that somebody there to, especially the first season, helped Tata acclimate a little bit. Yeah. Par- Parkhurst was clearly, clearly that guy, and that's why you see someone like Joseph Martinez paying tribute to him last weekend because obviously Joseph Martinez had to make that adjustment to MLS to the U.S. culturally, and and I think in a lot of ways he's paying homage to one of the guys that helped him. Uh, have such great success and feel comfortable here in Michael Parker. So I, I, I wouldn't underestimate his impact at all on, on, on the success that Tata Martino had here. I think he was a huge part of it. If Atlanta United were to win another MLS Cup, back-to-back, mm-hmm. is Michael Parker the one lifting the trophy? Got to be. It's got to be your captain. Yeah, it's got to be your captain. It's got to be. so. And I want to tell, well, before we move on, Eric, you mentioned him in the front office or coaching. You know, it's always hard to say, you know, who's going to work in what role, but Parker strikes me as a guy that can do that because he's not a guy that's extraordinarily blessed with athleticism. He's not super fast, you know, but he's he, he's a self-made player. You know, he reads the game well. He passes well out of the back, even though he's not the fastest. You know, you don't see him get peep for pace all the time because he knows how to pick his spots and when, you know, how to work the angles defensively. So that does strike you as someone that would coach or be a GM, somebody that yeah. has had to learn, you know, the fundamental, ha- had to fine-tune their game because they didn't have the, the – uh, like God, God-given talent to kind of get away from that. So I'd be really interested to see Michael Parker's continuing uh, after his playing career, maybe in Atlanta. We'll see. Definitely see him as an assistant, some, somehow yeah. contributing to a a, yeah. a, a club. In, if in he one wants way or the to other. do it, somebody yeah, will hire he, him. He will absolutely get yeah. hired. Another piece of news: Miles Robinson pens a deal to stay with Atlanta through 2023. Now, this is a little bit. Um, I, I I said on the radio show, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be in Atlanta till 2023. It gives Atlanta United a massive... So, congrats to both of them. Congrats to Atlanta United for getting this done. Congrats to Miles Robinson for extending his career with Atlanta United, presumably getting paid more uh, than he is right now. 
well earned. I hope it's a ton of money. I'm actually kind of surprised that it happened. Now. I maybe it just it, had, is, maybe, it is interesting. Maybe timing. it had to happen now. Maybe because the maybe because the original. I kind of think he got the same deal as Gressel, though. And you know, you might want to squeeze these contracts if, in before they renegotiate well, the CBA too, because Miles Robinson's the type of player that might be demanding a lot more money if it that money is available. It could be maybe he saw that you know what my worth is my worth is is at its highest yep. right now. Yep. Maybe I should just go ahead and take advantage of this. Uh, maybe the the talk about uh, you know the 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 salary floor for the minimum the minimum salary for MLS players. Um, maybe that conversation didn't really impact him as much, considering what he might be getting in this deal. So I don't know, but if it's a good decision for him, I, I'm I'm happy for him. I'm glad that it puts Atlanta United in a position where, when someone does come calling for Miles Robinson, they they can ask essentially the world for him. You have all the leverage in the world, especially if you yep. if he keeps up the the level of play that he's been playing out with Atlanta United. That length, that that contract length is is huge because that means you know what we don't have to give him away. Yeah, we can hold on to him yeah, for a right. couple of years. We can we can wait to see how much more he develops. Right. Maybe he'll come back next year when we still have him under contract for another year exactly. after that. You can ask for a lot more. You can ask for a lot more money, um, higher transfer fees, all that sort yeah. of stuff. You know, if, when you have a longer contract, if he continues, and I don't know this is going to happen. Like you just said, Eric, he might be what he is. What. Miles Robinson, the player today, might be the player he is four or five years from now, which is fine. But since he's still young, if he continues on this upward trajectory, and like you said, Eric, in a year or two, you got a big, you know, a really good center back with pace. Maybe he develops his technical on passing. That's a player that someone's going to want to buy from Europe. And then Atlanta United can say, well, he's got two years left on his contract. He's got three years left on his contract. So you're going to have to pay us money, or we're just going to keep him here. You know. Yeah. So I think uh, I, it's 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 a It'll be interesting to see from both parties' standpoint. I mean, will Atlanta United look back at this and say, "Oh, we gave this guy too many years," you know, when he had that one great season? Or maybe Miles Robinson say, um, says, uh, "You know, uh, oh man, I'm, my value is much higher than it actually was in uh, October of 2019. I could have signed for more." But in the end, y- you you've got him locked down long term, and if you are going to lose him, you're probably he's probably going to have a pretty high price tag due to that yeah. contract. Um, either way. Good for him. Good for Atlanta. Yeah, I love it. I think that he's it's 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 well deserved. I probably think that he probably got underpaid considering how much he's meant to this team, how well he's defended, how mm-hmm. how many times we've seen him bail out his his teammates. I think regardless of what it is, I I'm I have a feeling he's still underpaid for for the talent that he is. I think that this is hopefully look the, the best case scenario for Miles Robinson is that he does leave sooner rather than later for say a club in Europe or wherever. Yeah, sure. Uh, for a ton of money, and then Atlanta United can go out and try to do the pity thing defensively. I guess I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> and you know, at that time, we yeah, have that'll be something that we'll talk about a lot. Is you know, is he going to be able to continue raising his stock? And you know, it'll, and uh, you know, we won't know the salary until next year. He's making about one fifty k right now. Um, so. I gotta think that if if he didn't want to wait to the next CBA, I gotta think it's above three hundred thousand. Yeah, probably so. Because if we're talking about if we're talking about increasing the salary, the floor to about a hundred thousand, yeah. No, I think that's fair. I'd imagine you can get a huge, I, huge raise, but yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of incentives sure got in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure there's there's. Uh, I'm sure Miles Robinson is more than happy. Another piece of Miles Robinson news replaces Walker Zimmerman on the U.S. Men's National Team Concacaf na- uh, Nations uh, Nations League roster, Ooh. which good for him. I hope he gets some quality minutes this weekend. Um, I hope that he's at a point in uh, with the U.S. Men's National Team. I know he's still super early with the squad, but I hope he's at a point where he can. He the people are tar- starting to take notice of what he can do, what he can give you as a center back. 
and what uh, what his true value is to uh, to the United States um, on this squad. Because I think that he, if he wanted to, he can play for years. He can be a Michael Bradley type of staple defensively at center back if he wanted to be that guy. If he works at it, if if his form continues, which I know form continuing is a big ask because we see players' careers peaks and valleys all the time. But um, you haven't seen you haven't seen the valley yet from Miles Robinson. You've only seen it. You've only seen elevation. So we're hoping to see that continue, especially with the U.S. Men's National Team, become a stable, become the guy that Atlanta United helped develop into a fantastic center back for the U.S. Men's National. Team. Yep. And tonight, uh, as we as we speak, U.S. playing Cuba, Miles Robinson on the bench, and it looks like the center backs starting are. Uh, I guess that's Miaz, that's Miazga and uh, Tim Ream in the middle. So that's not that I could I could easily see him above those guys Ooh, in the pecking Tim order in, in, a, in a few months. We'll see. You want to talk about New England? Yeah, and I um, I mean obviously it's all New England. I mean it's interesting. You know the game was a long time ago, yeah. but it applies so much to what's coming up. So what I'm interested, Eric, in your thoughts from New England. Like, how frightened are you? Of New England, I mean, they showed they have a really good attacking group of attackers. They created a ton of chances in Atlanta. We saw what they did in New York City FC a couple weeks ago, although it wasn't a huge game for NYCFC. Um, how much does that attack frighten you? They don't defend well, but I think it's gonna be I, a game with a lot of goals in a week or so. I, I think Bruce Arena is gonna have, a, a, I would say, a fun time because you you know exactly what uh, what the task at hand is, considering what what just went on last Sunday. You know what the challenge is. You know what what LA United's, you know, picadillos are. You know what what they have to do in order to, you know, you as Bruce Arena, you know what your team has to do right in order to win this match. And so you can have a you can have a you can go about it a couple ways. If if New England wants to continue, well, wants to do what they did on Sunday, which to me seemed more playing direct. Um, their opportunities came playing the ball over the top, finding a. Uh, uh, opportunities on the counter yeah if that's what they want to do I would almost double down on that and say all right LA United we're going to give you all the possession because we know how much Atlanta United struggles uh whenever they have to break down a a, a, a low block squad starting 11 we know how much they struggle doing that so if you want to double down on that aspect of, of, of we're going to just sit back and counter that is a a solid Strategy that is a solid tactic for for Bruce Arena to consider, um, and I think that New England is a team that's capable of doing that. We saw it on Sunday. We saw that one they scored on one of them, and two they had multiple chances outside of the one they scored on to actually increase their lead or or to at least tie tie the game up. They had a lot of chances. They did. That part scares me. If Atlanta United ha- if Atlanta United is forced to sit or possess, try to circulate the ball, try to try to beat a a, a bunkering back line, a bunkering defense. We've seen them struggle time and time again. In a one-game scenario, I wouldn't put it past a guy like Bruce Arena. I wouldn't put it past like the New, uh, New England Revolution to just say, just, just say, you know what, we're going to challenge you. We're going to challenge you on what you can't do best or what you don't do best, what you don't do well at all. And that's pretty much what they did, although I'm not totally sure they'll completely sit back. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think they should, though. It's interesting, though, because look, so I look at the way New England lined up in Atlanta, and it, they did more or less. I mean, they I, they didn't park the bus by any means. Uh, they did absorb pressure for long periods. What's interesting about them, and I don't think Atlanta United will see many teams like this throughout the postseason, at least that I 
can think of off the top of my head is New England play a 4-4-2, which is not only is it a 4-4-2, but your two wide players in Pania and Carlos Hill are attacking wing players. So when they counter, they're basically countering with four, those two yeah. wingers and those two two uh, two strikers. It's not like they're getting eight, nine, ten bodies behind the ball and then trying to bomb it forward. I think when we, they played Atlanta United, and this was the reason I thought the game was so open, was because, yeah, you had your back four back. You had uh, Zahibo, and then uh, I, I, I think Caicedo was the other uh, yeah. holding mid for that match. Those six players sat... So you did have kind of a low block, but it wasn't a low bank of five and then a, and, and then four midfielders in front of it. It was more like six guys back, and then you had four guys basically start, to start the counterattack. And I look at that. I mean, Pania was having all sorts of, uh, you know, particularly the fact he's on Gressel's side who wants to go forward. He had all sorts of freedom to get in behind the defense. He had that chance early, obviously. Then he comes through with the equalizer. And then obviously on the right side, you have Carles Hill, who is more of a free roll player that's going to drift into the middle and almost play underneath the two forwards. So, um, yes, New England, I think, are going to try to hit you on the counter, but it's not like they're going to struggle to get bodies forward when they do so. So I think the game will be open enough where Atlanta United won't get into those one of those situations that we've seen where you're just kind of knocking the ball side to side and not looking dangerous, I think it'll be similar to what we saw last weekend. I think it'll be a really open game with New England looking to just, when they attack, 100 miles per hour, trying to hit basically a front four and go on the counter. So that's what I'm really interested to see because I think it's going to be a mix. Uh, They're going to play a mix kind of those two styles, Eric. Well, yes, they're going to sit back in a low block, but they're not going to bring so many bodies back that it's going to be a full bunker, park the bus situation. So I'm really, really fascinated this matchup. I think there's going to be a bunch of goals. What I think you're going to see is that you're going to see less of the opportunities that like a guy like Julian Gressel had, where he goes long over the top. Well, well that, not necessarily long. Oh, not over the top necessarily, but goes direct to Joseph um, over the top. Sure, whatever. I, I feel, mean, that's I feel a fair. Like I, it, it was. I, I, I just I call it the final ball. That's what I like sure. to say. Yeah, the, I, he's great at the final. I don't ball. like saying over the top because it, it wasn't like he bombed it over everyone. To no, get to it, was, it, it was, just was off the ground. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, no, I don't. I just don't think he's going to get many opportunities like that. I don't think Atlanta is going to find themselves in a position to where they can counter as as often as as well. In the number of opportunities they had against New England this past weekend, just because I feel like having seen what Atlanta United is capable of, having at least witnessed it firsthand in this previous match, and 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 knowing what they struggle with, I I feel like everyone is every every coach in MLS is just absolutely idiotic if they don't just sit back against mm-hmm. the team. Because it, you, you, it's game in and game out. This team struggles, struggles mightily to break down a low block. But conversely, break- they struggle when they get countered, right? So you don't want to, you don't want to put every. If you have attacking quality, you don't want to put everyone behind the ball. You want to say, all right, if if you beat us, you beat us. But if we win it, we're gonna go counterattack you. And you can't really do that if you just leave one or two guys up top. So I see what you're saying, Eric. Like, yes. It, teams, the right thing to do is a low block or a little defensively, especially through the middle of the park because of a player like Barco, Joseph, um, uh, PT if he plays, which is an interesting topic yeah. we'll probably talk about next week. Um, but at the same time, and we saw this uh, in the New England match where they had, what, 14, uh, where they have 18 shots, it's a team that's very vulnerable when they get countered. So you don't want to just bunker completely. If you have attacking quality, I think, you want to, yes, absorb pressure but have guys forward to counter through already i would just expect at least i'm look i'm looking at this from from i just think this game's gonna be really open man i don't think new england's gonna sit back i hope so i hope so because that's 100 atlanta's favor i think probably i think new england has sure has has the ability to do 
do things against Atlanta in an open match, I think they it'd be more beneficial for for them as much as they would hate it, as much as their fans would hate it, as much as Atlanta United, LA United fans would mm-hmm. absolutely be like, what you know, what the hell is this? It's beneficial, honestly, to every team other than maybe LAFC and NYCFC to play Atlanta United as if you did not know how to attack. Well, that'll be interesting because but, they'll have to alter a lot of things from the lineup they trotted. To, to me, I don't see why you would come to Mercedes Benz with one setup that you had some success with. I mean, like I just mentioned, a ton of shots. You were basically even on expected goals. I don't see why you would say, okay, let's abandon this and let's get everyone behind the ball. It's not so much abandon. It's just, I guess, I guess more. It's just have a have a. I know I said just avoid the attack at all costs. But I, I feel, and maybe I'm Defense exa- first. Ag- exaggerating yeah. a little bit, but I'm thinking maybe just concede possession. Mm-hmm. Come what may after that, but concede possession, allow Atlanta to, to, to possess as much as they want. That way you can counter, not necessarily as freely as you want, but with much more, um, I guess, dedication as, as maybe you have it in the past. Mm-hmm. Because, again, that's how I feel New England is going to beat this team. That's how New England, I feel, is going to beat Atlanta United, and Atlanta United has shown time and time again that – for whatever reason, they don't have the discipline on the wings. They don't have the uh, LGP does does his thing. It's hard to break down a bunker, Eric. There's no, no, no. nine, ten I, guys behind the ball. I'm, you I'm, act like it's so easy. No, no, no. Like, I, I, how many times have I said that? Of course you struggle How many times have I said it. that? Of course. We've seen um, and I do it week in, week out at times. Yeah, but like like we said, I mean, what's interesting, and I think what's different about this Atlanta United team than last year is, Yes, they're aggressive, they attack, but they're conceding so much on the other end in terms of opportunities to score. Maybe the goals conceded aren't the same. So it's it, it's I'm just going to be... I'm, a, thinking, I think, I'm thinking more of both, because in a one-game situation, in a, in a, in a single elimination, elimination yeah. tournament, I'm thinking in, against, a, against a, 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 uh, a team that's bunkering, you're not going to get the goal that Nagby scored. You're not often, at least, going to get no, the... Not get the cross that Gressel puts in for Nagby. You're not often going to get a moment from Gressel that leads to uh to the Joseph Martinez goal. You're not well the the the, the corner is that could happen. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what kind of yeah, soccer I you're mean, playing. Yeah. But my point is that you're gonna you're gonna decrease the number of legit opportunities that Lane United is going to have going forward and you're going to increase the I would say you're going to increase the possibility for 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 New England um to win the game away. Yeah. That's. I mean, this to is, is going to be a huge it, it, discussion because I, I can totally see what you're saying too. You don't. You don't want to get super aggressive on the road in a place like Mercedes Benz where you know it's going to be hyped. I, I assume it's going to be seventy-two thousand plus, whatever. Um, you don't want to, because in all likelihood, you're not going to go in and score in the second minute. You're yeah. not going to shut the crowd up early on. It could happen, but you're probably not because that typically just doesn't happen. Yeah, but at as the same often, time, as it, it almost happened. Often, I know, as often as this happened this year, and it literally just happened last Sunday, it really doesn't happen that often. Yeah, I just it's so interesting because at the same time, Bruce Arena could go look at this game film and say, man, we can score goals on these yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it depends it, on how much confidence right. he has in, in, in his coaching ability and how he can set his team up. Um, if, he, if he feels like, you know what, this is the system I would play normally in the regular season, but in a one-game situation where I need – I, we just need to survive in advance. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is because what I, what I would guess is he's going to have to find kind of a happy medium behind both, where he's not as open as he was uh, uh, against Atlanta. Um, and, and New England could have scored. Atlanta could have sco- gone and scored four or five goals in that match too. So it's not like uh, Atlanta were fortunate to put three on the board. So you can look at it and say, well, you know, to, to, maybe we should play a little more defensively because we conceded so many chances. At the same time, you're like – 
man, but we conceded chances, but Atlanta were so open. We could have, I mean, we could have been up early through Pania. You know, we had Brandon Baia the big chance in the first half. I mean, uh, a lot of opportunities for New England where they broke and looked dangerous. So I think Bruce Arena the next week or so is going to be finding the mix of both, where you are comfortable defensively, but still can get forward and hit Atlanta where they're vulnerable. From Atlanta's standpoint, tactically, I thought it was so fascinating too this match because Frank DeBoer changed. I never saw this coming when I thought when Barco came back into the lineup, it was going to be Barco, PT, Joseph, front three. We saw Heinemann come in for PT. And I don't buy this, oh, it was the last game of the regular season, you know, like, so PT was resting. I don't buy that. Oh, no. I threw out on Twitter, I was like, I, I would, I, I wonder if. Frank DeBoer is considering a a starting 11 in the playoffs without a Pity Martinez. Yeah, and and the reason I don't buy it is, first of all, the game did mean something. You know, you wanted to get that two seed. But also, as we mentioned earlier, you're playing this team again in two weeks' time. Why wouldn't you play the same guys you're going to play? You're going to at least experiment with something. You're not just doing it to rest guys. You want to see how it works. And what he does is, and again, we've talked about this uh, tactically, how when you go forward, you know, it was either, uh, previously it was Heinemann drifting to the left of Joseph, Pete to the right. Uh, when Barco was fit, it was Barco drifting left, PT right of Joseph. When he played Hyman and Barco together, it was Hyman drifted left, and Barco played underneath or alongside Joseph to the point that uh, basically every website from MLSsoccer.com to who scored had Atlanta United with two out-and-out strikers in the shape that you played. So Ezekiel Barco, and this might be to counteract the fact that uh, New England play two strikers, so you can have one extra guy go forward and 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 because you're not going to have as many players attacking you through the midfield. But it was it, it was a little tweak that was really interesting to me that it basically instead of two guys on either side of Joseph, it was Barco either alongside or underneath, and then you had Heinemann drifting left with Miram, and basically you would overload the left. And then that leaves Julian Gressel in lots of space on the right. It forces New England to shift and mark all those guys. And if you look at the first goal, you Atlanta United overload the left and then switch the ball on a dime to Julian Gressel. And, you know, you talk about game planning for Julian Gressel, Eric. It's important. But if you have to go mark four or five guys on the left that are all good on the ball and can pass no. it, then you're going to leave that space open on the right for Julian Gressel. So it's almost, I described it as this. On the left side of the pitch in this match, you had Frank DeBoer ball, intricate passing, possession football, technical players. And on the right, you had Tata ball. Give it to Gressel, direct, get forward quickly. I thought it was fascinating that, and I'm going to have some content on Dirty South Soccer in the next couple days coming out about this, but basically how Frank DeBoer divided the two sides of the pitch in two and attacked differently down the right and differently down the left. Now we wait to see, will PT Martinez come back into the 11? He likes to drift right. I don't want to say that gets in Julian Gressel's way, but it makes him less isolated than maybe he would have been. Or do you stick with what you did against New England, which in a lot of ways worked because you did create a lot of opportunities and afforded Julian Gressel a ton of tries to play that final ball, uh, which which is where he excels so much. I I don't know if I'd consider it playing uh, better than Pity. Uh, Hyman, that is. Yeah, I wouldn't say better. But I I would say that... that And I, and I want to say this is part of the reason that that Frank DeBoer went with uh, Emerson Hyman as opposed to Pity, especially in a match where you're going you're in all likelihood, mm-hmm. well at least going into it, you thought, all right, well, if we win, we're playing this team again. So Hyman is the conservative approach. He's mm-hmm. not going to do anything super flashy. Yeah, he's not going. He's going to protect the ball more often than not. He's going to find the simple pass. He's going to sure. He's going to try some things at times in the final third, but it's not going to be anything crazy where. 
um, all of a sudden, you know, New England's going the other way. He's a player that that does more of what Frank DeBoer wants to do at that position than Pitty does. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's it, what you'll see is more Barco t- replacing Pitty and then Heinemann doing some kind of hybrid between Nagby and what Barco did. But I think that regardless yeah, of, of what his role is, it's the 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 way he doesn't allow the way he doesn't make stupid mistakes like like Pity sometimes does. And look, Pity, if he finds a way to well, just the type of player he is, sure, right? If he finds a yeah. way to be 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 regularly and 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 uh, uh, regularly productive for Atlanta United on on a scale more like Almiron than than like Barco 2016 or 2018. Yeah, 18. You know, we're gonna see more flash from from Pity. Pity's all about flash. Pity's all about uh, skill on the ball. Pity's all about shots from distance. Hyman's not that player. And in a in a game like this against New England, you want more of Hyman than you do of Pity. And let's be real, Pity's not hasn't been playing as, as great as he probably should be. He, he's uh, he's not going to contribute to uh, the 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 defensive responsibilities, mm-hmm. say in the attacking third right. or in the attacking half that maybe Pity would struggles with. So look, in a game like this, you want to give a guy, you want to have a guy on there that's going to uh, give you 110 percent effort. You're gonna you're, you want a guy like Hyman on the field, in my opinion. On top of that, in this one game situation, how good is it going to be, regardless of what you think Pity is so far? He's still a, a player that can produce in in you know in clutch moments. We've seen that a couple times. Him coming off the bench. You find a way to pair him with Tito coming off the bench, mm. say the same time or a couple minutes apart or whatever. Look, if you're down one or if you're tied and you want to go for it, that's a perfect duo to bring into the match and see if you can't do something with that. So you so you're more I, leaning towards Heinemann over PT. I, I've been I going rather, back and forth. I, I on would this. see me personally until Pity, even to, going into next year, until Pity proves that he can be the regular guy on the, uh, the uh, 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 a regular contributor to whatever Atlanta United wants to be in 2019, uh, 2020. Yeah. I'm in over Pity. And I in think, my opinion. like I said, I think tactically because it helps. You can argue, and as far as creating goals, Julian Gressel is your. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like he's your best creator, at, specifically at right wing back, which is the most hilarious <laughs> and specifically bizarre, <laughs> ca- yeah, ca- caveat that Julian Gressel is an incredible right wing back. Um, you want Petey to get out of his way. You don't want Petey drifting right and trying to combine and do things. You, you, you want him centrally, and that and and I don't I don't necessarily know that he wants to do that. Now, at the same time, Eric, single elimination. It may come down to one bit of of quality from someone, and yeah. you're going to get that from PT. I don't think more you're going to so, get that from so Emerson, Emerson Heinemann. Yeah, sure. so I, that's why I'm going back and forth on this. I think from a tactical standpoint, based on what I saw specifically against New England, it made a lot of sense to isolate Gressel up with Anibaba, who's <laughs> New, but, England, but, New England's it, back four is shambolic. So, so here's what I would say: if you're looking for, if you're, if you need a moment of magic, I would be more. I, you need a moment of magic because you're you're in a more desperate situation than maybe, maybe you want to be. Maybe, maybe. So if you're in that maybe. desperate situation, I would rather have that guy, that kind of a guy yeah. that can create the spark. Tito, for one, pity that being the second. I want want that guy coming off the bench when the way you played all year has failed. Interesting. In this match, then I'd be like, all right, you yeah. know what? 60th minute, we're down. I can't wait. A goal I, down yeah. two, whatever. Pity Tito. Let's get at it. I feel like we'll probably have this exact same discussion next week, and maybe we'll know a little bit more. Uh, maybe Frank DeBoer will tip his hand a bit, but that's going to be a huge talking point next week. And, and in my opinion, 
depending on which one of those two starts will also determine the tactics that you use yeah. in attack going forward. I think assuming it's it's I would say assuming it's Heinemann, it's it's more of a oh, you know what? I can't even think about the back line. Because I'm not sure for New for, England for Atlanta United. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm just trying to think. Are we assuming it's gonna be Miles Robinson, LGP and Escobar? Uh, to me, yes, because again, we got a while to think about you're, this. And but. you're playing against, yeah, you're right. You're playing against a team that doesn't defend well, so you might as well take a chance and 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 let Gressel kind of be an attacking right winger. But that's something in the future. If you advance in the playoffs, you might have a decision to make. Yeah, I don't like Pogba anymore. <laughs> I never liked him to begin with. Told we were guys. kind of on told, that I, from the beginning. I, we I, were like, eh, this guy's a little guy's, suspect. I, I believe my phrasing was he's 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 raw. He's got the yeah. raw talent. He's got some capabilities, but he's nowhere near the player that his brother is. Uh, yeah, that is, that <laughs> by is a not, long shot. That's an under, uh, understatement you're of this. Why. Yeah, he's raw at twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> you're um you're starting to see uh oh, well whatever LGP is making more mistakes than he has in the past, which is concerning. Um, Pogba is a decent rotation guy, to be fair. But yeah, he's look, just, if you he's, need him in a pinch, he's not the sure. first choice player that I think people were saying he was a few months ago. I think that if you decide, because I'm trying to think, if you, if not Escobar, then who? I mean, you'd go Parkhurst or, or Pogba. So if you're looking to play more conservative in the back, I would say then definitely Parkhurst, because I feel like he, although he hasn't played much, he's not going to take the chances and, and try mm-hmm. going upfield like like Escobar would. Um, Escobar with that. Terrible mistake, by the way, yeah, on Pania's oh goal. I, I don't know. Absolutely I don't know how terrible. You could easily just go Park. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yep, just go Park or Escobar. It, it depends on what 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 the what the mentality is going into this match. I don't think they're going to be super conservative. I think the Hein uh, the Heinemann inclusion at uh, in for pity, if that ends up being the case, he's not going to look at it as a as a conservative choice. He's going to look at it as well. Hymas is playing better right now. He's yeah. he's more in tune with what this team is doing going forward, and I think suits the system he wants to play better. Even, yeah, so doubling down on 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 all that. And again, we're we're kind of specifically talking about the New England matchup. I think PT fits the system better in, in other types of of matchups, but if you for certain specifically know, against New so England, for example, in the next round, if you when you know you're if you're playing Red Bulls, you know that game's gonna be wide open. Yeah, you want to play like pressed. Pity. Uh, it, you want a player like Pity. I would say yeah, you can get out of the press. Exactly. Yeah, someone that can. Well, look, it's not like Hyman can't do the things that Pity does in, in, in tight spaces and, and, and whatnot. But when you're looking at at making dynamic plays, sure, that absolutely 100%. Particularly is against intense pressure where a player's coming at you trying to win the ball. And the other thing is that's a type of game that takes Gressel kind of out out of the game a little bit, as we've seen in the it's past. Gonna be, it's going to be it's going to be open enough to where Pity's going to have room to play with yeah. in the middle of the field. And if and if he's along alongside Barco, yeah. who's going to give him even more space? Who would you rather play, Pitty's Red Bulls shine. or Philadelphia? I don't know. I, Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd rather I, play I say, Philadelphia. Although it'd be really nice to say knock that, out Red Bulls two years that, in a row. I say that, but I mean, I, I only say that because I feel like Atlanta United has a. I feel like the I feel like Philadelphia is just a better team than a lot of us realize. I know they dropped That's off true. a little bit toward the no, end. No, no, they are a very good but team. But they're still they're a much better team than a lot of us. I tend to like home f- us against them at, with home field though. Yeah, uh, well, we'd have home field against anybody. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I I think that they're about even with us. Mm. Um, I would I don't know who I'd rather play. The thing is, if you knock Red Bulls out second year in a row, I think even if you lose to NYCFC, that you still got a nice sweet taste in your mouth knocking those douches out of the playoffs two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, have we left anything out? 
No. Like I said, read my. Uh, I'll have an article in the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours. I don't know. I don't know when Joe's going to decide to run it, but we'll. I'll Come do on, a, Joe. I'll do. Uh, well, we're just trying to line it up with the Get new on it, Joe. with the New England match. We'll do. A, I'll do a couple tactical uh, things. The other topic on the other piece will be, and we'll, we'll have to discuss this next week, Eric. Is Lane United went to a back four at the end of that New England match, the first time we've seen them do it in a long, long time to try to lock up the back line. You think we'll it was just? A, we'll, you think we'll it was talk, just to get Parker? No, 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 no. We'll talk about it next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great next tease. week. We'll next week. Next week. Good, <laughs> good tease. See you next week. Bye. At, uh, at Josh B nine one four on at, Twitter. At Eric T Quintana. Follow the podcast at MLTS Podcast. Our uh, our our lost soul for today is is Sam Franco at Sam J Franco. Uh, donate to the podcast patreon.com slash MOTS podcast. And that's it. All right. Until next time. See you later, Lana.